things to sort of be among you today and get a sense of sort of a global feel for uh, what God is doing around the world. And um, this morning we are in just looking briefly at um, a gift that Jesus brings us. So we're looking at today the gift of, of freedom. And as you listen, I would like that you would uh, listen carefully to how you are actually engaging in your world, how you are actually um, thinking about your Christian faith, and what does it look like for this to engage in a broken, difficult world. I am struck by how, uh, how much I struggle for freedom Freedom is the gift that Jesus gives us. It is the text that Jesus uses is from Isaiah 61 when he first preaches in the synagogue in Capernaum, recorded for us in Luke 4. He borrows from Isaiah 61, and it is all about freedom being given, declared, proclaimed to captives. The original context was the captives. Of, of the Babylonian captivity, and Jesus takes this and applies it to the people in his day, and he is the proclaimer of freedom, freedom. Uh, what, a, what an American idea, right? Wow, I can't think of a, one word that would, not, uh, would be associated with the United States, and that is that freedom in our context was freedom from tyrant kings, right? So, uh, freedom is a very, very important idea for us. Now, in American culture today, freedom translates into freedom of personal choice. That is probably the key word in our day and age, choice. You mess with someone's choice, and you are messing with everything about them, right? So, uh, before us is a text, Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. The recovery, notice this, uh, verse 18 there, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty, once again, those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It is a year of proclamation of forgiveness. I struggle to enter into that freedom. Um... This morning, I was consciously aware of how ironic it is uh, to be a preacher who finds a subject and then uh, thinks he's got it down, (laughs) and uh, like preaching on patience or preaching on freedom, right? And then to realize that God will then teach you how little you live it, right? And so it's the irony of, like, let's say I like a very ordered uh, Sunday morning, right? I like order. You like order, right? I like an order of service, order of service, right? And, and so I like these things, right? And so I look out and I see lots of organized people here and uh, uh, go-getters, uh, people who can make things happen, right? So this morning I was very conscious. When I woke up, I said, Lord, I am preaching on freedom today, freedom. The freedom to believe I have a Savior who has organized my life in such a way that all of history is working for my good. The calendar is working in my favor. And this morning, Lord, pray, I pray 
that you would not uh, allow me to get caught up in my own freedom quests, but to enjoy the freedom you've given me. It's your morning, Lord. It is your desire. There'll be uh, something that I didn't expect in the service or something in preparing for the morning when I get here, usually 8 o'clock in the morning. And so as I prayed this, God had his agenda for me, the little prayer of freedom. That was me. And this morning I had... uh, an individual who ran down the, 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 uh, the uh, hallway here and looked through the window there outside in the doors, uh, a college-age young woman uh, full of mud all over her legs, and she was shaking, looking at me. And uh, she said through the word there, I couldn't hear her words, but her mouth said, thank you. Yeah, yeah this is great. I'm already being thanked. It's great. And she opened the door, and she said, we have been hiking all night long. We were lost. And I said, how can I, what's going on? And then her three friends came around. They uh, live here. They um, look like sort of mainland folks, but they call Waimanalo home, and they're very comfortable with the Monowilly Trail, uh, but not quite comfortable enough. And um, they went on a night hike last night. Uh, and they brought two flashlights, and they quickly got lost up the Monolay Trail. And they wandered up in this valley until 4 a.m., and they finally sat down, uh, unable to go anywhere. GPS was just confusing them on their phone. They were walking just you know, aimlessly, and they just sat down. And then the sun rose. They found their way to the edge of the golf course up here, and a maintenance worker drove them down to, down here to the security station, and then they walked past the church, and their car is parked up here, and so I said, all I can give you is water, and I give you a ride to your car, and they were just ecstatic to have been found. (laughs) So while you were sleeping last night, people were wandering in the Monowilly Valley, panicked, and it was interesting that uh, for me to begin my day and to say, Lord, that is your agenda today. Help me to enter into the freedom of knowing your sovereignty, of your guidance, and of your purposes. Now, that is a, that's a simple story. It's a nice story. It has a good ending, right? But as you look at your life, as you look at the things you have faced or the friends that you have, people you know, the things we are entering into in life are very, very difficult and broken things. And before us is a text that's describing freedom. And I, I put down there for you on the worship, uh, the page 12, I put a definition of freedom for you. If it helps, if it helps you, I, uh, take it home, look at it, reflect on it. Listen to this. It's kind of right there, a definition of freedom. The freedom gift is a true gospel understanding that personally embraces the promises of God as life unfolds resulting in power to love. The freedom gift is gospel empowerment that allows believers to be able to think, act, and live in line with the truth of the gospel. Uh, That is beautiful, uh, a beautiful description of what it looks like to engage in the freedom gift. Do you believe at your heart level Jesus has freed you from the greatest threats that could ever, ever have been uh, against you. I hope you believe that. 
And now there's a, a great step that has to happen beyond the Sunday morning uh, uh, affirmation of what it is that I believe. It is now engaging in real life, hikers with mud, uh, difficulties in marriage, uh, tr tragic things that happen in a, a nation like Japan. And so now it is, what does it look like for me to now engage my world with love? What, is that, what does that look like? Well, it's more than one, one sermon can ever, ever attempt to, to tackle. But I want to just give you a quick, quick little outline, and then we're going to enjoy the symbols of our freedom, which is the, the cup and the bread of the Lord's Supper. Um, Number one on today's outline, the freedom gift is to be experienced with power. When Paul writes to Christians in Rome, he starts off with why he's writing his, his epistle to the Romans. It is a familiar verse in Christian circles. The gospel is the power of God. That's what Paul tells the Romans he is not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? In, in one word, it is power. It is power to completely reorient the heart. Listen to that. Power to completely reorient the heart. My heart is by nature selfishly inclined. And to reorient my heart will take much more than uh, promises of, better, of a better life, acquisitions of things, owning things. The change that has to happen in my heart where I am truly experiencing freedom is a supernatural event. We call it regeneration, being born again. You need a new nature. That's how, that's how much renovation has to happen in the heart. You need a new nature. And the freedom gift is to be experienced with, with power. And I want you now to think for a moment about what potential is behind that phrase, power. To believe that you have been rescued from a very serious situation where you could not meet God's law, you could not meet his standards, you could not be holy enough. You were caught as a violator of God's holy law. You were in a desperate situation, and God had mercy on you, and he brought his son, and he gave you the ability to believe, and in that interchange, there is to be experienced in the believer's heart power. How about that? It's great stuff. Something is going to happen in the interchange between you acknowledging that on a cross, God came. And as you engage that by faith some 2,000 years later, or 2015 as we learned this morning, uh, as you engage that by faith, this is what the Apostle Paul wants the world to know. If you, as that happens... Power is experienced. Now, I, I want you to take something that's very difficult in your life for you to understand or believe. And, to, and to, I want you to put that sentence. I want you to start. Okay. 
the, the, the freedom gift is to be experienced with power. Now I want you to finish it even though I have experienced and put something difficult as the end of that sentence. There was a good friend of uh, Marianne and, and mine. Um, she, we've known her for a long time. And uh, this is a mainland uh, friend. She uh, learned that her husband, this is a, long, a while back, about 10 years back, she learned that her husband was, a, was radically unfaithful to her. And uh, the, the, the marriage uh, fell apart as a result of, of his sin. Uh, they had children. I uh, was very close to the family. Loved the kids. And uh, she called me, um, I want to say, about seven, eight years back. And I was so glad to hear her. We'd stayed in contact, Marianne and I, and she had found a new love. And uh, so they were coming to Maui to do a wedding and uh, asked me to do the wedding. Okay, all right, this is great. So it's at this little humble little uh, one-star place called the Four Seasons. Uh, I'd never, never seen one of these before. And uh, when I got over there to do the wedding, uh, they, they, uh, they said to me, they said, oh, you should have come. You, sh- you and Marianne should have come yesterday because we would have put you up. Because they said apparently if you pay $100 million or whatever it is to have a wedding there, uh, they give you free bridal, you know, uh, you get a free room, bride and groom, or, or the, excuse me, I should say, the bride and the groom get rooms. And, anyway, so it was a spectacular thing to see them get married. The day was phenomenal. It was like a day like today. The evening went into just this beautiful, there was an Italian restaurant there. It seemed like they owned the whole thing. Uh, and we had Italian wine and Italian cooking in the middle of Maui, this uh, Four Seasons Resort. And I think even a whale or two kind of jumped out of the water for us. And I just went away so happy for our friend. And only to learn that about six months later, he had a strange condition that was hidden from her. I don't know what to say or how to describe it, but she had experienced an individual who would lock himself in his room. He had gained a lot of wealth. I'm not sure how he did. I think it was real estate or something, but he had almost no need to go to work. And uh, he would, kind of a Tourette syndrome, scream, locked in the room, unwilling to leave the room for uh, a week at a time. Strange. And it became, after about a year of this, intolerable, and the marriage fell apart. Now, you'd think in the plan of the universe that a woman who has now just gone through one marriage with an unfaithful husband, you'd think that maybe she would get a break and have a husband who could, could be a husband. You know what I'm saying? So you see, I, I, I'm, I, I'm saying these words, and they, I do not want them to be religious words on a Sunday morning. I want you to realize that the Apostle Paul is looking at a world that is extremely dangerous. Very dangerous world. 
And he is un, uh, unafraid to move into that world, and it is a broken world, a troubled world. And so I want you to know that the freedom gift is to be experienced with power. And in some way, somehow, I think about our friend who'd gone through these difficult things. You see, there's a gospel for that kind of situation. It does not make it easier, but it, it, it makes it have a context. And so what we've got to do as believers is we've got to work at faith, work at believing, work at remembering this extraordinary gift. It is a better gift than a life that goes the way you want it. And I want you to work at that. I want you to struggle with that. You are, you are called to this freedom. When, when God thinks in terms of you, if you're a believer in Jesus, what he has done, he has this whole package called salvation. He has called you into it with his powerful, sovereign spirit, called you into it. This is his calling, and it is so powerful, it's going to overcome and, and overrule, ultimately, every struggle, every tear you've ever had and will have. And it is, and our interaction with that calling is to experience freedom. So, put in your response to today's message. I want you to put. Uh, I want you to think through the if onlys of your life. Right now, each of you have an if only. It's, if only I had, and you could insert your spouse. If only I had, you could insert your church. If only I had, and you, you keep going, and some of us will have a longer list than others. But there is a list, the if onlys. The gospel is for that list right there so that you can live in the freedom of not having to worry about your if onlys at all. How about that? Now, that is easy preacher talk on a Sunday morning. I have a daughter in one of the most dangerous places in Mexico right now. So, preacher, put your heart in gear to this gospel power that God has given you in the gospel. See what I'm saying? It's, it's, there really is power to take what you dearly love and to say, Lord, then you are wiser and greater and more in control than I am. And how do I know that? I don't know that from my circumstances. I know that because he organized the calendar to put his son born in a manger and then dying on a cross. That is the organizing principle of my life. That's the calendar that works for me. That is, time is now making sense in light of that event. Now, when that begins to make sense in your personal interaction with this world, when you begin to work things backwards, a, you know, this marriage thing is a big headache. Uh, when you begin to work this backwards, but I have a Savior and a, and a God who, who did this. You see, this is what the Apostle Paul wants to tell the Romans. 
I want to tell you about this gospel because what it translates into in your life is power to experience freedom. You've been called to freedom. Now, secondly, not only power, but the freedom gift is to be guarded with care. You will lose it very, very quickly. The Galatians lost it very, very quickly. The Galatians uh, were people who engaged in a heresy. And the heresy went like this. Jesus is good. Circumcision is better. Jesus is good, but you need to do this religious ritual, and that makes you uh, a little more acceptable in God's eyes. And the Apostle Paul goes right after this, and he says that they are really in danger of losing the whole gospel by adding something to it. The gospel is not Jesus plus anything. And he says that you have, now, once you move into that, you, what happens is when you have sort of like the, the lower-tier church or, or uh, second-class citizens in the kingdom, and you have first-class citizens, like the really holy ones, because they're practicing this, and then there's the, the rest of us down here, right? So you have this, the righteous ones, and then there's the unrighteous ones, right? Well, what happens is you start biting and devouring one another. You start, you start uh, comparing yourself to other people, uh, who is righteous and who's not. Um, and it gets into, into the church. It, this becomes kind of crazy, crazy stuff. Notice Galatians here. Uh, I've included it for you on the, on the uh, scripture page. Galatians 5, 13 through 15. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So in this freedom that they were given, they, they took advantage of this freedom, and they began to pick at one another and began to destroy uh, others uh, and hoping to, to look a certain way and to be accepted by other people by achieving some religious accomplishment. True Christian freedom is the capacity to serve in the power of love. True Christian freedom is the capacity to serve in the power of love. And so I just want to encourage you to work at being freed from human standards. Work at uh, competitiveness. When you look at another family, you see someone else's Facebook page posting. You have an envy about their life. You wish, you, you want, you're, you're longing for something. Freed from this, this if only. It can look like religious pursuits, that's the Galatians. But it can look like other things as well. The whole law is fulfilled in one word, and that is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the Spirit is active among us. When you can tell that the, the gospel is firing in you, when the gospel is working in you, something happens with your love toward other people. It just happens. Uh, Ed Welch, Christian counselor, would say it like this. He'd say, you have discovered that you uh, need people less, and now you love them more. People are no longer part of your righteousness machine. Your, your children are no longer an extension of yourself. You've, you've found freedom in the gospel. Other people make terrible saviors. So you, you look at them differently. See? You begin to see their need as something you can address and get involved with because your need is so well taken care of. 
your interaction with them is not in order for them to cause you to look better or look in a certain way. And so if people are in your if-only category, see, if people are in your if-only category, you you need to look at them and see that they will not really be a savior to you and just to enjoy that truth. (laughs) Just go ahead. And, and enter into that truth and turn and experience your true Savior. And then thirdly, the freedom gift is to be fought for daily. Well, this is, this is quite an extraordinary and extensive idea, but uh, Romans 7, some of you know that the Apostle Paul is struggling because he is aware of the standard that God has. Uh, he is aware of uh, what God calls him to be, Uh, under God's law. But he is inconsistent before God's law, and he is frustrated, and he's expressing his frustration because he is, he summarizes it as if he is in bondage to sin, even as a believer. He's, He's not free. And so his inabilities are being described in Romans 7. And what happens, though, is that he, even as an inconsistent believer, listen carefully to this to enter into some freedom here, even as an inconsistent believer, what he does is he, he, we're watching him think. The great Apostle Paul is sharing his, in, his thinking, and he's looking at himself, I am radically inconsistent, and he, instead of beating himself up, what he does is he preaches the gospel to himself, and he says, but there is now no, no condemnation for those who are, what? In Christ. So of his own reserves, he's been, of, of himself, he's been looking inside himself, and he's showing us what, what it's like to have no, no gospel. You're just an inconsistent sinner, you're an inconsistent Christian, and he is now showing us in Romans 8.1, but there is for me who I am not, apart from Christ, I am in Christ, he has been fighting to his own inconsistencies, and he is now preaching the gospel to himself, and we get to listen in. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then he begins to describe how the Spirit is moving among us and working in us to help us realize that we are in Christ. That's what worship is about. Worship is a reminder that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And as that news becomes warm to you, as that news becomes, oh, I I remember again, I remember again, as you begin to experience the beauty of that news, your heart is warmed, and now you're moving in the love that has rescued you, and that love is moving toward others. That's called freedom. That's what, self-forgetfulness is another way of describing it. Freedom. So, it's hard. You have to fight for it. You, 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 you sort of drag yourself to Scripture at times. Sometimes you don't feel any freedom. You feel condemned. You feel inadequate, you feel inconsistent, you, you, you have lots of oughts and shoulds that are just getting the best of you, and you just need a fresh look at your Redeemer. And a fresh look then will bring you this power 
the lifting of your heart, I'm not condemned. I'm in Jesus. I am free, free from all of this condemnation. Let me just uh, finish with just the last little phrase of our, of our definition, and then I'm done. The freedom gift is gospel empowerment that allows believers to be able to think, act, and live in line with the truth of the gospel. We need each other. We need the gifts, gifts of the church working, small groups interacting, individuals counseling and edifying and building up each other. We need to help each other remember how to be in line with the gospel. And God in his good grace today so loves us that he doesn't want you to only hear these truths. He wants you to hold them in your hand and to say, this is my life. This is the true if only that I ever, ever needed. And then as you enjoy his presence, may you experience the freedom gift. Let's pray. Father, 